mentioned at the press conference, which I thought was quite interesting, that he's a black man. And as I laid and cried and hurt for Tamika Palmer and for Breonna Taylor and for Kenny Walker and for Janiya, who we need to love up on, as I laid there and I thought about him saying he's a black man, I thought about the ships that went into Fort Monroe and Jamestown with our people on them over 400 years ago. And how there were also black men on those ships that were responsible for bringing our people over here. Daniel Cameron is no different than the sellout Negroes that sold our people into slavery. She said it and help white men to capture our people, to abuse them and to traffic them while our women were raped, while our men were raped by savages. That is who you are, Daniel Cameron. You are a coward, you are a sellout, and you were used by the system to harm your own mama, your own black mama. We have no respect for you, no respect for your black skin, because all of our skin folk ain't our kin folk, and you do not belong to black people at all. What's been up? What's going down? I gotta know what's happening. I want to know the world. What's been up? W-T-F-W-O-T-W. With Rudy Rue. Hey there, lovely people. Welcome to this episode of WTF WOTW number 17. Today, I'm in the presence of a lady whose words are prolific, her tongue sharp, her spirit vibrant, her smile radiant, with a killer leg extension and arms chiseled like Angela Bassett and What's Love Got to Do With It. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you none other than the Writer for your writer, the professional pen herself, Shannon E. Johnson. Hey, y'all. Hey. What's up? How are you? I'm good. I'm sleepy, but I'm good. I'm sure. It's late your time just so you could be up for little old me. No, it's not even late. It's 9 p.m., but I didn't really sleep. Oh. And I didn't really eat, so this is going to be fun. Yeah, that'll do it. Listen, it's, it's worth the sacrifice. But since I didn't eat, I am going to drink something because I tried to uh -oh. tell you it's a drinking situation. You uh -oh. told now, me. Y'all, she said she didn't eat and she didn't sleep, but she's going to drink. Now we're really going to see how this is going to work out. It's going to go because I am a professional at that. Yes. Okay. The drinking I got, everything else you got. Um, <laughs> but I'm not stupid. Because my normal drink is Patron and pineapple juice. But today, today. I have to go with the pre-mixed Johnny Walker Cola, which looks like it's bootleg soda. Look, can you see it? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Cola? Oh, is that not in style anymore to drink Coke? I mean, I just don't know. I, I've never heard of a, a, a an alcohol cola. No, 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 no. It's not a flavored cola it's an actual I mean, mix so it's like going to the bar and requesting johnny walker and coke bougie caucasian bar where they're like you know just light with it but put up your beverage okay 
This is the beverage. What is it? This is um, Everclear. <laughs> are you even supposed to toast with water? I mean, why not? There are people out in the world who don't drink and they get to participate, don't they? But are they happy? No, but okay. Here is to staying positive. Yes. And uh, testing negative. Yes. Cheers. Cheers. Right. It's not that good. This is this shit is disgusting. Um, before the fun commences, I need okay. your feedback on two words. Okay. Okay. Wanton endangerment. You know, I think the memes have made it real clear that. We care more about the walls than we do the person. Say, I had never even heard of that until yesterday. <laughs> I was like, what? What, it, what, what, it, what kind of word have we made up to pretend as if we're going to charge someone with something? Because how much trouble can you really be in for putting a bullet in a wall that didn't hit anybody if you can't be in any actual trouble for actually putting bullets into somebody? Well, they dug deep. I think they dug real deep. According to the uh, Kentucky statute, right? It says someone is guilty of wanton endangerment in the first degree when under circumstances manifesting extreme indifference to the value of human life, he wantonly engages in conduct which creates a substantial danger of death or serious physical injury to another person. The dude got charged with three counts because there were three people in the apartment next door mm -hmm. that were endangered. But then I'm like, well, by that definition, at the very least, shouldn't there be a fourth count for Breonna Taylor? Like how, like how do we now say, you know what, you're right. We went into a, her apartment, we sprayed some bullets. Man, we almost hit these other people. But well, we got her ass though. But like how are how is this supposed to be about her and then it ended up being about everyone but her? You know the people <laughs> you know next I mean? door are like, hmm? If that's the case, if I lived in that apartment, I'd be like, well then where's my money? Cause you almost took my life too, since you're bringing me in it. That's what they should do. Like if they're actually like allies, cause we don't know about them. Yeah, we don't know. That's what they, they are. Should do. They should really real. flip it. They should flip. Yeah, we don't even know if they're real because to me, if there were other people who felt like their lives were in danger, we would have heard about them now by now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or even as witnesses. Yeah, witnesses, something. Right. So it's like, where do these people come from? You know, and I'm not saying they don't exist because, you know, pressure is real and maybe they made those people stay quiet and who knows what really went down. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, but now that you've brought me in it, what yeah. you gonna do for almost taking my life? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, it's you just, know, the it's, cops lied initially anyway. I mean, they lied many times. They first tried to blame the boyfriend. Then they tried to have the ex-boyfriend incriminate. I mean, it really yeah, is like a bad movie. It just feels so unreal. Like, I don't know. It's insane. And I don't know why people think that we're supposed to trust anyone or anything. And it's like, where's the empathy? Where's the humanity here? There's got to be another way to do this. Yeah. Well, I want to lighten the mood a bit because, you know, racism just brings me down. Uh, <laughs> so I want to break through your top layer real quick with some okay. rapid fire questions. See? Hopefully I'll be good at them. Oh, that's, that's not hard. Just answer them, damn it. Um, heels or sneakers? Sneakers. Bible thumper or free spirit? Mm, I'm kind of in the middle. Do I have to choose one? No, because... Okay, yeah, I, I'm in the middle. I mean, the Lord, no, I don't want him to be upset. He won't be upset. He knows my heart. 
I always find a way to get the religious ones. <laughs> Who, what, or where is your happy place? Crazy enough, my house. That's why the quarantine has been okay for me. Childhood career goal? To be a writer. Can you let a day go by without pointing your toes or doing a dance around the crib? <laughs> no. What do you find most attractive in a mate? I know, it's personal. Um, communication and transparency. What if, okay, well, what if you just met them? Um, it's still going to be something about the brain. Like, it's the intelligence, it's the conversation. What's the first thing you glance at, though, when you see a guy? Like uh, Skin color. I am attracted. <laughs> oh, God. I, I am attracted to a chocolate man. If a chocolate man walks in, I'm going to look. A chocolate man is going to grab my attention. A bald head is going to grab my attention. A beard is going to grab my attention. So but they all got to look like Morris Chestnut is basically. I mean, they don't have to look like him, but he's a good look. <laughs> Favorite place to travel to? You know, I've been to Montenegro one time, but I had such a great time. I would love to go back. It was very, just very beautiful, very serene. You know, that might be one of the few countries that will still allow you to come in there. I don't know, child. Uh, your biggest pet peeve? My biggest pet peeve is people don't read. Yeah, that's annoying. People ask questions. It's people don't read, and then people, some people who do read have terrible reading comprehension. Well, how are we missing each other here? If you ask me, like, it's laziness. Like, what's happening? It is laziness, but it's also, like, do you remember elementary school and some of the kids who just didn't get it? Those people are adults now. I think it's just going to be dense till they die. Because I get annoyed when people don't read stuff that I write. But I could only imagine if I was like a script consultant and the whole objective of it is so you read shit. Yeah. Oh, no. Pet peeve. First kiss. Who was it and how old were you? Uh, yeah, it was like some random boy. I was actually pretty young. I was 10. I thought it was disgusting. Too slimy? Yeah, and even today, like, I, I'm not a kisser, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'll, I'll kiss the person who I'm with, sure, but, like, I'm not a, like, <laughs> Sure, down. I will do it. But yeah, and that, I mean, that's how I feel about it, seriously. Like, so I'm you not don't feel like kissing is, like, the main way to connect with someone? I don't like saliva. Like, I love lips. It's the, it's tongue. the tongue. And it's the, are you trying to swallow my whole face? And so I, maybe I've had too many bad experiences, including my first kiss. But for me, it's just like, it's overrated. Like, why are we sitting here wrestling tongues for 20 minutes? Like, like. But then how does the foreplay happen? That's what I'm saying. I do it. It's just a means to an end for you. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is for me. Give the next fear guy fear. a fair shot so his tongue can roam without judgment. <laughs> even you saying it like that <laughs> makes me cringe. <laughs> Oh man, I don't even know what to say. I don't like slippery shit. Mm -hmm. You don't mind cursing, right? Cause you said you're halfway no. with the Lord and I am horrible. <laughs> it's okay. I don't like slippery shit and I don't like excess fluids or, or whatnot, but I find the kissing itself, if it's done properly, I'm like, oh, I see the point. Cause I feel like it triggers stuff. As soon as your tongue comes out your mouth, I'm like, there's a lot happening here. <laughs> Back the truck up. Um, best kept secret talent. It's not a secret to everybody, but a lot of people don't know that I can sing. You know, I was in musical theater, but I don't think people like, re like really know. It's something I've been, it's the one thing I'm shy about. 
See, you know what's funny? Because I have sar sarcastic tendencies as well. I suffer from the same similar thing. And but I also sing talk, right? So you do that. Yeah. And I was thinking like, I was like, oh, we got that in common, but I'm not a singer. I have a pitch, but all my friends are singers and I worked in the music industry. So I'm around music all the time. So you actually sing, sing. All right. Well, I feel judged. Oh, <laughs> it's going to be okay. I'm sure you're great. When you talk and sing, it sounds nice. Thanks. You're welcome. Choreography or improvisation in dance and in life? Hmm. Choreo. Oh, so you are also a planner. Yes. A-type. Have you always been that way or did you get worse always. as you got older? Always. Oh, so you were like, your binder was precise and all that? Yeah, no. See, I wasn't that way. I was creative with that stuff. But then I am the type that would, I need to stack things in my cupboard in height order. Mm -hmm. And I like to be on time just because I want to train people not to disrespect me and make me wait. Top five yeah. favorite movies of all time. I'm glad you gave me top five because I'm not a person of favorites. Enemy of the State. Cup size. I'm sorry? Oh, oh, she's way bigger than that. The first Independence Day. You like Will Smith, huh? Just so happens that it, he's in these two movies. Okay. It's not that I don't like him, but it's not like, oh my God, if Will Smith is in a movie, I am going. It's just like, no, like it's just these two movies happen to be freaking fantastic. Uh, a Quiet Place. So now I'm going to try to name stuff that I can just watch over and over and over again. So here's one. It's not even that great of a movie. <laughs> this Christmas. With Chris Brown in it? Yes. And I like um, movies and shows that are about families. Uh, so, so you're a Hallmark lady? No. But I just mean I like, you know, the, the adult children dynamic. Um, share with us, if you will, an embarrassing story. Okay, here's something embarrassing. When I was in elementary school, I think I probably peed on myself at least once a year. And it all, and it would happen in a way, like for one, the one that I remember is, I, you remember they, our parents used to dress us in those like jumpers that had all the buttons down the front. It was like a one piece. No, I, I went to private school, had a uniform. Oh, okay. So right? to pee, you had to take the whole thing off? You had to take the whole thing off. I'm in the stall. I can't get the thing off. <laughs> oh, man. So child, I just let it happen. And so, but you know, being that old and peeing on yourself is frowned upon. I've gotten much better at holding my urine since then, especially with all of the international flights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You share a similar uh, passion for reality shows. Yes. For me, it's a social experiment. Right. Like I don't have friends who act like this. But it's like, I'm really interested in the psychology of people, in the why. So even when I'm teaching, you know, about characters with my students and with my clients, I really focus on the why. Why do people behave the way that they do? So I spend a whole lot of my time yelling back at the TV. Did you ever watch Vanderpump Rules? Yeah. <laughs> so you know that one of the stars, uh, Stasi, was fired from the show, right? No. Where, yeah, she was fired from the show when uh, an ex-colleague of hers uh, accused her of calling the cops on her just because she was Black. Um, yeah, when so- did this happen? I missed all of this. So she was on the Tamron Hall show this week where she was questioned about her uh, racial insensitivity on the actual show as well as her podcast. I am so embarrassed that I even had those thoughts, much less put it out there because 
I and was so that, strongly. I was that Karen. I was I was a Karen. Going back to your history here, being right. in a, at a big city like New Orleans and LA, I am shocked and don't take this as an insult by your level of ignorance as it relates to race and you know, what it means to say Nazi chic to Jewish people. I do understand yeah. now. Yeah, you understand And I, I, I truly, I truly do. I now know how to speak for Black Lives Matter as how opposed to all lives matter. How do you know that? I, well, I think that's an overreach. I mean, this is a very serious matter, but I have to tell you, when you tell me you go to your coach, where do you find a diversity coach? Word of mouth, you know, Google. I may have to do a whole show on that. I've never, I mean, it is a fascinating <laughs> thing. I didn't know that that was a job. Like, baby, we are hustling out here. Out. Get your coin. I ain't mad. Uh, I can be your racial sensitivity coach. She was not ready. She was not ready. That shit was hilarious. Amanda Seals accused the reel of stealing her IP. Which IP? She said, once again, the reel demonstrates its low class and even lower vibration. Just so we're clear, this is an egregious bite off my smart, funny, and black brand in an attempt to bring black awareness into the programming. They couldn't find another way to do this without it being a bite off my creation. So she introduced them to her quiz show once she was co-hosting the real, okay, they did they did like a a, a mini segment of it. Mm -hmm. um, so now they're calling their version Black Lives Matter University. But the logo they had has a similar vibe. But the fact that they version. put university on there is already like yeah no they yeah yeah no they could have just called it Black Black Facts. I know that people like to paint Tamar and um, Amanda as, you know, the people who come in and, and cause trouble, right? Maybe it's true, maybe it isn't. But I think the real definitely has to start looking inward to say, there's a lot of stuff that's happening on our watch. But it's like, yeah, what y'all got going on? Lonnie is out on this limb <laughs> alone, but Garcelle is there now. Garcelle I like Garcelle. She's like, she made uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills very uh, pleasurable for me. Yo, did you watch this season though, Sidebar? Yes. Yo, yes. that whole like, thing with Brandy? First of all, who listens to Brandy about anything? I wouldn't trust that girl no further than I could throw her. The first question is, do you think that she's, Denise Richards slept with her? Because Maybe. I, I, for, I for real have no context. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe so, she slept with the girl. Maybe. On one hand, I'm like, Denise has been so open about her like sexuality and stuff mm -hmm. that she's done. Mm -hmm. Why lie? Why wouldn't she just be like, oh yeah, but that was just some bullshit. She's taking it to yeah. another level. True or false. It looked like Brandy was utilizing this information to get 15 minutes. This is also the fucked up thing. After watching all these like uh, ratchet reality shows, because that's how the setup is out the gate. You're used to people just lying and making up elaborate shit. To so yeah. that's like, but it's something that I don't associate with that show, and that's also fucked up. That subconsciously I'm now trained to think that that shit is a black thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, comedian Dio Hoogley. I don't even know why they still call him comedian because all he does is just rant all the time. But anyway, he called Jada's entanglement with August predatory. What are your thoughts on that? Um, 
Now, I didn't hear what he said, so I'm only going to assume that he meant that she, being an older, more mature woman, understood that he was in a, um, a vulnerable state and possibly took advantage. Exactly. Um, right. And all I'm going to say is none of us were there. So besides DL, I mean, uh, Lisa Ray had a similar opinion. Came to her, wounded and hurt, and in her lap. How in the hell did he get off the lap and then you got onto the d I don't understand. Uh, I mean, for I all we it. know, he understood that he was in a vulnerable position and she's Jada Pinkett and he leaned into it. We weren't there, but what I do know is he mentioned it for clout. Nobody can make me believe anything different. But if you're going to be involved with a man who is not your husband, knowing that you're a public figure the way that you are, right. you need to be with somebody who has just as much to lose as you do. But would you would you have a relationship like that? We're also assuming what their relationship is. Like they have never said out of their mouths we're in an open relationship. I'm not interested in an open relationship. I can say that now. I don't know what would happen if I've been married to a man for 20 years. But right now, I know I'm selfish. Right now, I know I don't like to share. I don't need two penises. I don't want them. You know what I'm saying? I don't need to deal with two men's, not egos, but you know, the older we get, the more we're learning about how how much our black men have been through and they are emotionally draining in that sometimes it's too much ptsd two in one room huh yeah i don't need two of those i ask because like my entire life i've been like monogamous and just i didn't see the point and i didn't think that i could do it but i don't know what's been going on with me the last year and a half because now i'm like no oh, maybe i could do the polyamory thing yeah looking for those two people so if y'all listening so Actress Gabourey Sidibe responded to folks who called her lucky for receiving an Oscar nomination earlier in her career for Precious. She told Collider, I'm an extremely unlucky person, actually. I work really, really hard, though. And no, the Hollywood seas didn't part for me in the same way that it might have for maybe Anna Kendrick, who was nominated for the first time that year as well who then went on to star in films and television and the whole thing. People of color have been having these struggles in Hollywood out the gate, but have you personally seen any changes happening besides like Issa Rae and Lena Waithe? What else is happening over there? I mean, you know, because the industry is so big and we're in the minority population anyway, Mm. There's a lot of change that's being ha that's happening, but it doesn't mean it's like something that you can see. I'm not doing the research, so I can't quantify it. However, there are several Black people with their own production companies. Uh, there are, I mean, as we're seeing, it's happening slowly, and maybe the people still aren't winning. But we had more Black nominations this year in the in the Emmys. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, so it's happening. But I think the larger problem is always going to be a a people problem like until we get white people to understand that they do not open the door and I don't mean open the door out of pity but I just mean if you as a person say you care about people then that means you have to care about my pockets and my livelihood just as much as you claim you care about me 
generally speaking, that yes, racism exists in America, but I don't look at Hollywood as a racist um, institution, more so than I look at it as an institution based on nepotism. And because America is racist, the people that you know look like you. They're just not thinking about us at all. Right. And because this industry is built on, on, on so much money, people don't take risk on people they don't know. They just don't. So um, I read that uh, Bloomberg and LeBron James are paying off fines for felons so they could vote. Mm -hmm. But my thing is, how do we know that these new eligible voters, there's going to be like 50,000 of them. Like, how do we know that they're not going to vote for Trump? Like, you know, like, <laughs> we don't know. Huh? I know it's the risk. That's the risk. Uh, democracy. <laughs> yeah. uh, the prenups. Risk. Are you a proponent or an ultra hopeless romantic? No, I'm not a hopeless romantic. Sometimes I wish that I were, <laughs> but I'm just not. Um, it would depend on who I'm marrying. To me, it's not an automatic sign of disrespect. It's not an automatic sign of not believing in our relationship. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But if I came into the relationship a millionaire, then I would want to protect myself so why would I think that just because who I'm marrying wants to protect himself, that that's negative? And I also don't think that prenups always have to be about money. You know what I'm saying? You can put whatever you want in a prenup. It can be whatever you want it to be. Like somebody had a, had a, in their prenup that if they do get to a place of divorce, they have to commit to X amount of weeks or months of therapy before they can actually go to lawyers. And since they put that in their prenup, they did the therapy and they decided not to get divorced. I think women who are um, not necessarily uh, successful in business or whatever, are just like regular, should really see it more as a negotiation. Like they're, yeah. it's their opportunity to negotiate. But have you been following Dr. Dre's his divorce drama? Only a, only a little because people are talking about it, not because I've looked into it myself. So, okay, well, first the estranged wife has asked for million dollars a month for temporary right. spousal support right but uh, now his business partner is accusing her of embezzling around 380k from the company because she's been writing herself checks lord now like so she's been with him for 26 years that's a, a long time but now she's claiming that she co-owns the name Dr. Dre. And I'm like, wasn't he named Dr. Dre when he was with Michelle? Mm -hmm. I mean, look, I know that she is a, a battered wife, allegedly. But how much do you think she deserved for uh, Beats by Dre? Hey, this how, is this how I look at it. There? Yeah, okay. this is how I look at it. I don't know what he did. Right. But whatever it is he did, he pissed off. Yeah. Like in my opinion, the only reason women go for the go for the wallet is because they see that they can't change your feelings. There's probably something that he could do to not have to give her two million dollars a month, but he ain't gonna do it. So she's going for his pockets. Now, do I think that that's right? No, but yeah. the law allows it. California <laughs> it's like, law. So she's going. They're going through a divorce, and she's negotiating. Like you know, yeah. we don't know. But what I do know is parents have been accused of child abuse over water skiing six-month-old son. Well, to paint the picture for you, so he wasn't strapped on to one of the parents as they frolicked in the water or anything. He had on a life vest and was hanging on a bar with his little feet in the straps and just cruising on a Utah lake. They were white, uh, of obviously. Course. Yeah. 
Um, how adventurous would you be with your baby? I mean, I'm afraid of water, so. So there's that. Okay. <laughs> there's that situation, but yeah, I wouldn't do it. But I also can't swim, so I'm, you know, I'm gonna need a husband that can, we can do all that. that. Let me not say that. I can swim. I swim underwater. I don't know how to come up for air and go back under. So when I swim, I can just swim underwater, make it all the way across to where I'm going and come back up. Like if I'm out of air, that's it, I'm done. But the problem is I have a phobia. So the, the phobia stops me from getting in water and practicing in the first place. You know what I'm saying? So yes, if my plane goes down over water, that's it for me. You know, I'm talking God. No, you're going to swim underwater a hundred miles to land. And then what happens when I need what happens when I need air? Well, I think your job should be holding your breath for a few hours. Maybe that's your job. Do something, damn it. <laughs> you should practice in a pool. In a pool where you know you can stand. You should just practice that. Practice going underwater and holding my breath. And coming back up. You'll get I took it. swimming lessons and everything. And I can't float. I can't doggy paddle. Well, at least it's not like the I, I can't get my hair wet thing. So we've made progress as a black woman. See, there's hope for you. I feel like <laughs> this is a good yeah, time to learn. Ain't shit else happening. I did decide in 2020 that I was going to start facing my fears. I don't know if it means that I'm going to like full on go swimming or take swimming lessons, but I will maybe try to do some small water activities. You should uh, combine it with something that you're super comfortable with, right? So you like to work out, you work out, right? Mm -hmm. So you should get those like water ankle weights and the arm and do the exercises and then allow the water to become just a setting for your main activity and then, you know. Yeah, that might be a good option. Maybe I can find some water workouts. Yeah, and they got like a lot of water uh, workout equipment even. Mm -hmm. So it gives you something to buy. You probably use home, not spending money. There you go. Right. Um, did you know that 120,000 year old human footprints have been found in Saudi Arabia? No. Um, you know now? Seven human imprints were found near an ancient dry lake in the Northern region. Wow. Do you like history? Um, I think it's necessary. All right, moving on. <laughs> Have you ever done like a Ancestry.com or 23andMe? Did you do any of those? <clears throat> no, but I would like to do that before I get married. I would like for me and my fiance to do it, but I don't want the one that says, yes, you're from Africa. Duh. I want the one that can uh, tell me, you know, tribally, like what tribe oh. of people could, could I be from? Have you been to Africa? I've only been to Djibouti and I was there for like a day and a half or two. Well, I want to talk about you a little more. What prompted you to hang up your dancing shoes and pursue screenwriting to begin with? Well, um, I was an executive before I was a dancer. Um, and so this is what my degrees are in writing. Um, but I had the opportunity to join this dance company and tour the world. And I was 28 years old and I was like, well, if I don't do it now, when will I? The plan was always to come back here. I just didn't know when. I thought I was going to come back in a, a year or two, cut to eight years later, <laughs> right? Um, but that's because I started doing musical theater and it had always been a dream of mine to like be on Broadway and stuff like that, but I hadn't put any effort into it until I was in my 30s. And so to be honest with you, a couple of things happened. One, my body kept talking to me like, girl, just stop. like, will you stop? Like, I don't want to move this quickly. 
<laughs> I don't want to move at all. I started going to dance classes and being like, yo, I don't want to be here. I need to be here. And then on top of that, you know, musical theater takes a lot of your time and then gives you a penny for it. Doing eight shows a week mm. or being on tour and not being able to be at home and see your loved ones. Like, it's not like you can just take off when something happens. You know what I'm saying? Like you want to go to a wedding or somebody's having a baby or hell, you just need to go get your pap smear or whatever it is you need to do. It's not like you can just take off work, right? So that you give your whole life uh, to the show. At the end of the day, they're like, and here's your dollar, you know, unless you're equity and becoming equity is a, is a bit of a circle. You know what I'm saying? You have to be in an equity show in order to become equity. But the only way you can audition for an equity show is if you're equity. Sometimes you get an opportunity as a non-equity person to go into audition for equity stuff. And if you you know make it, then you're on your way. I was in New York for two months. I was going to like five auditions a week and I probably got seen at five auditions, period. Like they weren't even seeing non-equity people. So I was getting up every morning, getting my voice together, doing my stretching, getting my clothes together, going across town, walking, sweating, getting in there just for them to say, nope, we're not seeing non-equity people. And it's like, why can't you put that in the casting notice? So I, I got to a point where I was just like, I'm like, over I'm standing over. in these lines. But because of what I look like and the fact that I can sing or sing and dance, people would automatically want to put me in the ensemble. I wasn't getting an, a lot of opportunities to uh, go out for lead roles um, because I could sing and dance. And it's like, well, if I take dance off of my resume, now can I go in here and, and, and come out for some of the leads? It's kind of like you are overqualified. Exactly. And it'd be different if I had an agent or whatever who could get me around all that and get me straight to the, to the lead, you know, callbacks or whatever that is. But, you know, I didn't. I am a person who believes in generational wealth. And I'm, I believe I have enough information um, as a Black person to understand how to start generating that right now. I'm not doing that in musical theater. Mm. Period. I just was like, well, it's time to start putting my degrees uh, <laughs> to work because I need to start making some money. Okay, so your degree is in writing, mm -hmm. but what made you focus on screenwriting? I went to film school for graduate school. Okay. So growing up, I wanted to be an author because that's all I knew about. By the time I was graduating from college, I understood that screenwriters existed. So that's why I decided to go to film school for grad school so I can learn about you know, the process and everything. And while I was there, I learned even further that yes, I'm a good writer, but I enjoy helping other people write more than I enjoy writing myself. How did you come to that conclusion? Because you In were class. writing yourself. Okay. So you were writing the screenplays and then realized you rather yeah, help others it, develop their ideas. Yeah. Because when you're in class, it's like being in a writer's group. So we have to read each other's stuff and give feedback. And one of my teachers said to me, he was like, um, why are you so good at helping others get out of their stuff, but you can't do it for yourself? And, you know, it felt shady in the moment, mm -hmm. but it wasn't but a day or so later that I went, because that's the part I enjoy doing. And thus changed my whole trajectory <laughs> right there, just because he made that statement. But after grad school, you first became an executive, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Because that's what they do. You know, at least that's what I thought I was signing up for. Right. Exactly. And that is, you know, a, a, a small part of their job is to read screenplays and help develop, you know, develop them right. until they get on the screen, blah, blah, blah. And then you also have to manage them. You have to do marketing. You have to do branding. You have to do 
uh, you had to, I had to do digital, you know, I had to do a whole lot of stuff that I didn't know I was signing up for. So but you were at a production a company? No, I was or at a, a, a network. Yeah, I was at a, net, a network. Oh, okay. And so I had to do a lot of stuff that I didn't know I was signing up for, but it gave me a whole lot of skills. And then I quit that to go join a dance company. So in your opinion, what are the most common ways folks uh, trying to enter Hollywood get in their own way? Uh, confidence, not having a day job. But when you say confidence, does that mean also being able to take rejection or believing in what you're doing? Um, just, just believing in the fact that you can do it. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I think people usually don't have a problem like, I have an idea. Let me start writing it down. But it is, you know, Hollywood is a big mountain to climb. And so, so who I'm talking to, right, who I'm talking about right now are adults. So I don't mean people who are like in high school or college, they're still in a risk taking place of their life. <laughs> right. But I think we get to a certain age and we think, is this possible? You know, can I do it? Can I change my career? Can I really make it in this thing? And so I think the confidence of, of knowing that it's possible is a big, is a big deal. I think a lot of people may be confident in their work, but they're not confident in the possibility of actually becoming whatever it is that they say that they want to want to become. Mm. Um, and then I think uh, not quitting your day job or at least having something that can pay your bills. Because like I said before, um, you know, writing is a contractual kind of thing, you know, or selling your screenplay is just selling it one time. That's not enough money to keep you alive <laughs> for the rest of your life. There's no right? royalties so, for that, right? Not for like your everyday stuff, depending upon your contract and what you got going on, maybe. But still, it's not the kind of royalties that you're thinking like, like Every I'm time set. a song would get played. like Yeah, you know, it, it's not like that. You know what I'm saying? So um, until you become Shonda Rhimes, you, you, need, you need other sources of income. You need other streams of income. And that may not be a day job. It may be a side hustle or whatever it is. Um, but you know, being able to save, save money and then keep something steady coming in while you're going after this, this thing. Um, so consulted for, uh, many writers, right. Mm -hmm. Um, are there any, uh, projects that we would know that they've written? Yes. Um, so there's a show called monogamy. It comes on, uh, UMC network. Okay. And those are my clients. Um, Let's see. I don't know if there's anything else that's out right now. A lot of my clients are newer, so they're in the middle of, you know, developing their things and blah, blah, blah. So hopefully- But they've sold projects to- Yeah, they've sold projects or they've gotten managers or they're in development on stuff to hopefully sell it, you know, kind of thing. So hopefully in the next, like, you know, year or so, they'll have some stuff that I can start to announce. But yeah, I have a lot of people who are doing really well in- um, in uh competitions which mm -hmm. always gives them you know different eyes on their screenplay so i know i know a lot of them are gonna like they're on their way up just waiting some of them are you know finally being offered staff positions or writing assistant positions that can help them to get the staff positions. so okay cool well so before we bounce um i want to recommend that uh all you folks that write love movies and want to write for tv and film hit shannon up on her website a writer for your writer.com uh also uh follow her on instagram at the professional pen because she drops free game and interviews with other industry professionals yeah free you should 
charge. Plus, she's funny as fuck to me, but that's my reason. But your reason could be to work on the subject and the predicate and then building the character and all that other stuff. Um, any last words, Shannon? Um, be safe out there. That's oh, it. That's right <laughs> to the point. That's cool. Um, well, Miss Johnson, can you appreciate a good corny joke? Sometimes. Should I risk it? Sure. Take the risk. You ready? Yes. If a stork is the bird that brings the baby, which bird stops the baby from coming? What kind of bird? That's the answer? No, that's me giving you, you know, knock, knock, who's there? So I don't know. So what kind of oh, bird is okay. it? Oh. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, the answer would be the swallow. Now, see, I don't know enough about birds, so I never would have said that. But it works. It's fitting. Probably would have never crossed my mind. Well, I mean, that's what I feel like my role is in life, just to, you know, educate. To educate. Yeah. And we do it in our ways. I mean, you do it with substance and words. And I just do it with everything else. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much. For thank you for having me. Bye, Shannon. I don't even know how to end this. Bye. Thank you for listening. You ain't got to go home, but you got to get the heck up out of here. Please be a friend. Tell a friend. Subscribe. Do something with your laugh. Catch you next week on WTF W O T W with Rudy Rue.